All right, so sixth grade. The year that my brother Billy and I become criminals. This would be the year that we did a lot of what we thought were practical jokes. Examples like going around at night with a screwdriver and proceeded to remove the name tags or like, you know, the emblems of cars. We accumulated a small collection of, you name it, Buick, Chevy, Ford, Lincoln, etc. This would also be the time frame where we would go into grocery stores and wreak havoc on individual Hostess products. Twinkies, smash. Ring dings, slush. Cupcakes, flattened. Fruit pies, obliterated. However, all of our episodes did not go as planned. One time, an older adult neighbor had raked his leaves and put them in green bags on the side of the road for pickup. Well, heck, Billy, later on, why don't we take those bags of leaves, open them up, and redeposit those leaves all over his lawn? It would be at the end of the last bag that I can recall looking up and seeing the neighbor watching us as we performed our dastardly act. Well, what do we do now, Billy? Run away as fast as we can. So that was a fail. The neighbor came to our house and gave our parents the lowdown. We had to go back and rake up all of the leaves. This would also be the Tommy DeVito time frame. Tommy was my childhood friend. He was a kind boy. Billy and I would play with him often. My mom to this day still talks about Tommy DeVito always being at our house and seemingly always having dinner with us. I really had a lot of fun with Tommy. So let's go over some of the DeVito memories. This would be the first and only time I tried a cigarette. I nearly choked to death. Um, Tommy had a dog named Princess, but she was no princess to me. That dog bit me no less than three times. I can remember on one time, it seems like there were 30 kids at Tommy's house. Princess breaks her chain, doesn't go after anybody else, and bites right into my ankle. The dog hated me. And I remind you, I was a meek child. This would also be the time frame of the infamous neighborhood chant. It goes something like this. Mr. DeVito was a generous and kind man. Every time the ice cream man would come around and Billy and I would hear it, it was a straight line to the DeVito's house. Why, you may ask? We got free ice cream. Billy and I were no fools. It was free ice cream. However, on this particular day, as Billy, myself, and Tommy are enjoying our ice cream cones, the neighborhood kids show up. Now, what seems to be about a hundred kids, although it probably was seven or eight, they line up behind us as we're walking and they begin to chant. 
So the singing and the, the singing and the chanting as loud as they could as they followed behind us. And it went like this. The Davidsons are cheap. The Davidsons are cheap. This chant followed us all the way to our home. Yeah, but we got free ice cream. <laughs> there was a downside, however, to the DeVitos. Mrs. DeVito was the scariest lady I have ever met. To this day, she is the scariest lady I have ever met. Billy and I would take turns knocking on the DeVito's door when attempting to play with Tommy. The stress and the anxiety of that door knock still haunts me to this day. It would go something like this. Knock, knock. The door opens. A screaming lady. What do you want? Frightened child. Uh, can Tommy come out and play? This would happen every time we went to his house. On one particular day, for some idiotic reason, I decided to do something plain stupid. You see, the DeVito's steps at their front door had on either side those black metal railings. I remind you, this is the scariest lady in the world. She's actually the scariest lady in the entire solar system. So I decided to stick my tiny head through the railings. You know what happens when your head goes forward through the railings? Well, you see, the back of your ears act as a wedge. Head goes through the railings easily, but the head ain't getting out. It was at this time that the panic set in. I was gonna die. If Mrs. DeVito comes to this door, I'm a dead boy. Oh, Billy, please, oh, Billy, help me get my head out. I can hear her coming. I'm still alive to tell this story, so I clearly made it out alive. But what a dumbass. We did have a lot of fun with Tommy, though. Many times, his father would take us to his place of business. Mr. DeVito owned a septic pumping company. We had a lot of fun there playing on those septic trucks. Yeah, that's right, running all around on top of the septic trucks. How much poop did we get on us? I don't know. Either way, it was fun. Uh, and that also reminds me, this is also another act of criminality that we delivered. One day, we decided to take a fire extinguisher, open that suck sucker up, and spray it all throughout Mr. DeVito's parked boat. I never did find out what happened when he noticed the damage. Maybe he never looked inside. I really don't know. The last thing I would say about the DeVito's timeline is this. Okay, so there was a set of train tracks by the DeVito's workshop. Billy, Tommy, and I came across two exposed electrical wires by the tracks. What we find out is that if you put these wires together, the railroad, the crossings, they would go down. So we would stand there minutes at a time, making the railroad tracks, the crossings go up and down, up and down. 
clearly this was a bother to the vehicles on the road. I mean, they would be they would be stopped and then would put the tracks up, ding, 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 ding. And then like two cars would go through, then would put the, the wires back together, ding, 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 ding. The, 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 uh, the, the um, barricades would come down so the cars couldn't get through. We just kept doing this. Anyway, uh, the other thing, we could have got electrocuted. I, I don't, still to this day, I don't know how that really worked, but they I, they actually were there, those wires, and we could have got electrocuted. I guess it was by the grace of God, we did not kill ourselves. Um, as for wrestling this year, I would sustain a couple key injuries. My knee joint got dislocated, and I'm sure I told the ligament. However, it snapped back in place, and I will deal with this knee injury my entire wrestling career. I wore a brace during matches and practice, but multiple times throughout my years, it would pop out. The other injury this year was cauliflower ear. Cauliflower ear is something that you'll see wrestlers and boxers get. It's basically caused from constant or excessive rubbing and pounding to the ear. What happens is the blood fills up in the ear cartilage, and if not drained, it gets worse and it hardens. So let me explain the process to help and reduce inflammation of cauliflower ear. You lay yourself down, down on a doctor's table where he proceeds to take out a needle syringe and sucks the blood from the ear. He then takes a mechanic's vice grips and tightly clamps it on your ear. All I can tell you is that it was sheer pain. I suppose that it helped, but my right ear is still hardened and not pliable to this day. Save my friend, save my friend. My father was really into fishing and he would take us boys out to the beach quite often. On this particular, particular day, toward the end of his fishing time, a serious storm was approaching. You see, we were out on what called, is called a jetty. So when the tide comes back in, you'll end up being stranded out in the ocean. Dad just wanted to keep casting that line a couple more times before nightfall and before the storm would arrive. Well, it would turn out to be a couple times too much. This horrendous storm moved in with quick velocity. It started with a horrific, tumultuous windstorm. Sand was pelting and battering our bodies. Then lightning strikes started cascading all around us. Within seconds, the tide came in and washed out the jetty. A man starts shouting, save my friend, save my friend. You see, his friend was swept out into the ocean. The man trying to save his friend is also pulled out to sea. My brother Paul is able to help one of the men back onto the now small, but surrounded with water jetty. It was pitch black, we were in serious trouble. We were doomed. In a matter of moments, the Coast Guard helicopters are overhead with searchlight looking for survivors. They would send in a Coast Guard 
cutter to save my dad, my brothers, and myself. Fortunately, the man swept out to sea survived, and he made it to the other side of the seashore. Unfortunately, I have to end sixth grade on another somber note. The Honins were my next door neighbors, and their children were our friends. Billy Honin would become one of my closest friends in my teenage and high school years. Raymond was Billy's youngest brother. He was about eight years old. He was four years younger than me. Raymond was sweet. He always would pal around with me and the other kids. As young as he was, he looked up to me. I believe one day he called me his hero. It was a regular day. My father and I were at the fence picking string beans. A bunch of the neighborhood kids were playing kickball. Little Raymond, in front of his house, ran out into the street to get the ball. He was struck by a car. I can still see my father and I jumping over the fence to go towards Raymond. I, I can still remember Raymond was lying on his back. He was motionless as my father laid his hands on him and you know, tried to comfort him, even though Raymond wasn't moving. L little Raymond was taken off life support about a week later. Another family, our neighbors, like ourselves, lost a son and a brother. Again, I say to everybody, life is a gift. Seventh grade, junior high, teenage life begins. I'm grown up, I'm becoming a man, so I think. Let's go over some happenings this year. Oh, Laura, oh, Laura, another Italian girl. Laura Ricardo would be my first actual girlfriend. She would not be my girlfriend for long, albeit maybe four months, but she was my first kiss. In my mind, it was like a Hollywood romantic movie scene. She was tiny and small, so she was standing on the steps above me. I looked into her eyes, she looked into mine, and then the slow lean forward toward each other. When our lips touched each other, it seems like time stood still. I can still remember the feeling of how soft her lips were on mine. We did not live in the same town, so I only saw her about once or twice a week. But I had her school photograph, and I would hold it in my hand while in school, just staring at her. She was so beautiful. And then it ended. I don't even know why. I guess at that age, you just decide it's over and we'll be friends. I had another relationship matter that year. One word, Gerald. You see, this is the story. Gerald was a classmate, a nice kid. I believe we had homeroom together and a couple classes. There is a talent show that takes place at school. Gerald performs a solo dance. 
Gerald asked me how, I, how he did. I replied it was fantastic. Gerald got the wrong vibe. My kindness and my remarks made him think uh, something different. You see, now I am young and naive at this point in life. I believe it was the second day after his dance, Gerald shows up at my school locker room with a wrapped gift for me. I don't remember what the gift was, but I do remember the, that eye-opening moment of, I think he likes me in a way that I don't play. I like Italian girls. Now I remind you, I am a kind and meek boy. I don't want to hurt his feelings, so I try to avoid him. The problem is, is that he keeps going out of his way to find me and follow me around the school for weeks. Anyway, he eventually gets the drip and he leaves me alone. I guess I can take it as a compliment. I was so handsome, the girls and the guys liked me. This would also be the year that I started getting involved in the church youth groups. This is where I actually met Laura and a lot of my good friends for many years. Every Friday night, we would have youth group events. It was fun. This was a good time because this was the time frame that my father stopped being mad at the world and God for my brother's death. My father would become the youth group game coordinator. My dad was extremely fun with all the kids. He came up with great activities so that all the youth group kids would have fun interacting with each other. It was this time frame that my friend Billy Honan said referring to my dad, he is the funniest man I know. Do you know of anyone that has been bitten by a raccoon? This guy does. You see, my brother Donnie, a couple of years prior, convinced my parents to allow him to get a pet raccoon. Homer was his name. At some point in time, Homer became wild. I suppose my parents kept him in remembrance of Donnie. However, Homer ended up being tied to a tree like an unwanted dog. One day, I forgot my proximity to tied up Homer, and the next thing I remember, Homer, the raccoon, he's chewing on my ankle. Kicking and screaming, I was able to get him off of my ankle. After that instance, my parents took Homer and let him out into the wild. 13 was also the age that I started lifting weights, a regime that I continue to this day. It became a lifestyle commitment for me, and I wouldn't change a thing. As for wrestling status at this point, I had already had a successful kid wrestling program. Remember, I was the East Coast champ, one of the best in 13 states. I did sustain a terribly crippling lower back injury. I had caught, I got caught under another sprawling wrestler, which tore my lower back muscles. I was taken in an ambulance to the hospital. Luckily, no permanent injury was detected. It was this year that I had a memorable wrestling match. I had to wrestle the other team's ninth grade, multi-year undefeated captain. Well, undefeated no more after wrestling me. I know it's cocky, but it's true. Next, we'll go into eighth grade.